We are grading the 2022 NFL Draft. If you didn't catch yesterday's episode, we started with the NFC East. We're traveling east to west in the NFC first, then the AFC. Up today is the NFC North. The Bears, the Vikings, the Packers, the Lions. How did they do some interdivision trades? Multiple rare interdivision <laughs> trades in this division as well in the NFL Draft. NFC North Draft Grades coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson. Thanks for making us your first listen, by the way, here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube on the Locked On NFL channel, which is the new home, the video version of our podcast. You've been seeing our lovely faces here this week for the first time. Uh, if you have never caught any of our other many podcasts and other things we're doing uh, for, for a very long time, Matt, but Peacock and Williamson long overdue. We are officially on YouTube. So those of you who listen daily with the audio only pods, maybe you want to come check it out and come hang out with us and, and maybe jump in on some of our live chats. We're going to do as well on Peacock and Williamson. So it's been fun in, in week number one on YouTube, Matt. Yeah, it has a little something different. You know, I need to pay attention not to pick my nose or, you know, walk off the camera too much. I mean, that, that's, that's a little, foreign to me i mean i am a radio guy through and through old school podcaster but yeah something new and different i'm cool with it you know more interaction with the fans i love it you know the listeners yeah. i'm also a radio guy i always been doing the audio medium and so getting video involved i was a little apprehensive at first mm -hmm. and then, uh in the fall and into the winter we started doing it with locked on 49ers i've actually had a lot of fun with the youtube stuff and it's really cool just the immediacy too and we are when you're able to go live on youtube and and i think it adds a little bit extra too you know you see the the smirks and the smiles and maybe get the sarcasm a little bit better sometimes when you see a video version of a podcast um and it's funny because you are standing right now clearly correct yeah, I have for the last few. I've been torn because I walk around usually when we record these without. And I have my bar stool sitting right next to me. My right hand is on it as we speak. And when I do videos like for the Steelers, they don't want you moving around. So I sit and I have it looking at me directly. But I'm more comfortable just kind of, you know, taking a step here and there, moving around a little bit. Absolutely. And when I do work i have a, a desk that goes from sitting to standing but when i'm recording the podcast i'm like you and I, you can even see me when i'm sitting i'm moving around a lot if i'm standing i will move around so much like sometimes i'll do radio interviews that are on the phone and i walk so much when i'm on the phone that i'm out of breath sometimes trying to answer questions on the radio just because i, that I move yeah. too much so when i'm doing the podcast i have to keep it in sitting mode or else i'll just move too much so we're similar in that way yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like talking on the radio is all that difficult, and trust me, it isn't. I mean, there's a, it's a lot of ditch diggers out there that work harder than I do physically, oh, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you, your heart rate gets you know racing sometimes on the radio, and you're moving around, and I'm like, I'm a little out of breath. That shouldn't be. What's going on here? Let's talk NFL draft. Let's talk draft <laughs> grades for the NFC North, and alphabetically, it is the Chicago Bears to kick this thing off. And they ended up with a ton of draft picks. Matt, uh, they started out with not that many picks. And look, these picks all came late. Two in the second, one in the third, two in the fifth, three in the sixth, three more in the seventh. Mm -hmm. uh, so they they did a lot of trading late in the draft and, and got a lot of extra picks. Let's go through this. Clearly, they're not going to have a lot of star power in this draft just because they didn't have a first-round selection. And uh, that is all based on the star power of their quarterback now, who they traded up for in the 2021 draft. 
and we're not really taking Justin Fields into consideration with this class. It's what, how did you do with what you had starting with this draft is the way I'm grading this thing. And so I'll slap a, you know, sort of an arbitrary letter grade just because I don't know why. I don't know. I guess it's the college thing, right? I feel like the letter grade is the way you have to grade an NFL draft for some reason. You can't yeah. do like, you can't do one through 10. You got to go, you know, A, B, C, D, or F for, for some reason. But um, I've been given letter grades to these teams. And to be honest, when it comes to the Chicago Bears, Matt, um, and I'll, I'll run through the players here in their whole draft class in a second, but when you mix the draft class with what they did in free agency, I'm having a tough time seeing the vision, even though I do like some of the players they drafted. Yes, and I think they're in a really tough spot. And I, and I keep bringing this up. I'm going to reiterate it time and time again. This is going to be a long year for the Bears. And from what I understand, next offseason, they're going to be near the top of the league in free agency money to spend, cap space. You know, they're, it's going to be a tough one, though. I mean, Bears fans hang in there, and I've mentioned se- several times, that I'm worried what the perception of Justin Fields will be after a brutal season without much around him. And some of the reason for all this is Fields is the only first-round pick this team has made in four years. You know, it's hard to have a good young roster when you only have one first-round pick that you've used because you trade and all those things. Um, And it's a quarterback, and you're building around him. So the big criticism of this draft, which I think is very justified, is – they didn't do enough with help for fields. And I think that's pretty clear, but I do want to get into the players. Absolutely. And so they, yeah. And it's funny because all those non first round picks that the bears have had recently, they yeah. have one player to show for it and it's their quarterback, Justin Fields. And they didn't right, do a lot right. to help him out because Cleo Mack is now gone. Uh, and they did get one pick back for Cleo Mack and that turned into the Jaquan Brisker selection in round two. So two second round picks, Kyler Gordon, cornerback out of Washington, six feet, 194. Didn't work out great or else he might have snuck into the first round. And see, this is where it's tough for me because I like both of their second round picks, even though secondary wasn't really the the, the main needs i think on the chicago bears roster and they did need you know a corner but um i love the the kyler gordon pick Uh, it's fine and i like the jaquan brisker pick maybe even more later in the second round you know six one 200 pound safety that can fly around he's uh you know a leader um, of that really good penn state defense there's a ton of good players i've watched a lot of film on that penn state defense because i was scouting brisker heavily thinking he might end up a niner late in the second round um the niners drafted tyree or Tariq castro fields as well the sixth rounder and i loved epiketti the pass rusher there. there's a ton of talent on that penn state defense and jaquan brisker was one of the leaders of that defense so i like the players but you know, you don't really help out your young quarterback until round three. Bellis Jones Jr. out of Tennessee. And I thought maybe he was more of a fourth, fifth round guy because of his age and his late breakout. Didn't really actually kind of a non breakout at USC and Tennessee as a 25 year old now, even though he's got a ton of athletic ability. Braxton Jones out of Southern Utah, an offensive tackle in round five. Dominique Robinson, another player I really like. High upside position switch. I think he's a wide receiver turned outside linebacker edge pass rusher out of Miami, Ohio in the fifth round. I thought that was good value for what he could potentially come and become as a sort of stand up speed edge rusher, a ton of uh, a ton of talent and raw ability there and looked pretty good at the senior bowl, even though he didn't play that position a lot in college. Zachary Thomas, San Diego state, another offensive tackle in round six, Tristan Ebner, Baylor running back in round six, Doug Kramer, Illinois center to finish up round six and then three seventh round picks, Jatiri Carter uh, uh, out of Southern University guard uh, safety 
out of Cal, Elijah Hicks, and to finish it off, a punter out of NC State, Trenton Gill. So a ton of offensive linemen, one wide receiver. So they did draft some offense, but none of it was before round three. And I don't know if there was a ton of value there, but I kind of like the defensive picks that the Bears had, especially in the, the Gordon, Brisker, and Dominique Robinson selections. I'm with you on Gordon and Brisker. I really like the players. I think they're worth that draft spot. They would be extremely welcome additions to any secondary. The only thing I can really say bad about them is they're not wide receivers, (laughs) which isn't their fault. And then they do go wide receiver with the 71st pick overall on a player like you, I thought was more of a fifth rounder in Jones because of his age. And he's not exactly... John Mechie route runner either. I mean, he's kind of Corderell Patterson returner, get the ball in his hands, big and physical, but not a refined receiver. I don't love that fit at all. Um, Robinson is fine. You know, he's still a work in progress receiver turned edge, but a, a good, good bet there at that point of the draft. Clearly they realize that they have spots on their roster for sixth and seventh round picks, and they're going to take a bunch of bites at the apple And I'm glad that the bites of the apple came on the offensive line. I mean, I I could see Braxton Jones being a starter in this league. I think Kramer's a pretty good center uh, prospect as well. So if they could get a starter or two or, you know, someone in their top six or seven, maybe two of those guys in their top six or seven offensive linemen out of these four, that would be nice, you know, and I, I think they realize where they're at. And yeah, we can be critical that they didn't get fields anybody, but it wasn't an easy project to take on here for the bears. Absolutely. And that's why I struggle with it because they weren't going to be good. If they did draft an offensive lineman with their first two picks, they're still going to be not a great team, but are are they hurting their future by not helping out their quarterback a little more? If you're going to be bad, at least help your quarterback, not be terrible and get him protected and get him some weapons in the passing game. Um, And when they they sign Jarvis Landry or something, at least to get them from A to B. Yeah, just uh, some veteran receivers that they know can get open and and catch a football in the NFL. Kyler Gordon at 39, um, you know, there's a lot of wide receivers still on the board. And even with Jaquan Brisker's selection at 48, um, John Mechie and Wandale Robinson went off the board between those two picks. And then after pick 48, and this is where you start to look at things like, man, George Pickens a couple picks later to the Steelers. Alex Pierce, Guy Moore, those were back-to-back-to-back wide receivers that went there in the middle of the the second round and you know as good as brisker is as much as i like him i probably would have gone with one of those wide receivers there 100 for all the reasons we had talked about yep i'm sure they'll love brisker he's a really good player but good player so you got some good players it's just you didn't help out your quarterback so it's 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 a tough one to grade no first round picks so not a lot of star power even though i did like again some of some of the selections there and you look at this is just this is what's around justin fields on offense Wide receivers are Darnell Mooney, who I like, but more of a number two guy. Mm-hmm. Byron Pringle, free agent from Kansas City. Velas yeah. Jones Jr., now the third round pick, who probably will play a sort of a slot role, and he might play a lot early. And he's an older prospect, so maybe he can come in right away in week one and, and be that number three wide receiver. And who knows, maybe even more, because there's a lot of athletic ability there. Return man as well. Um, Equinemity St. Brown, they brought in from the Green Bay Packers, will be the next man up. Uh, Daz Newsome, David Moore, Isaiah Coulter, Simba Webster, Chris Finke, who they just signed, I believe, off of the uh, off the street from Kansas City, spent some time undrafted with the 49ers as well. Uh, a bunch of college, six college free agents at wide receiver. Landon Lenore, that makes sense, Iris yeah. Holder, Kevin Shea, uh, Savon Scarver, Luke Little, Henry Litwin, 
these might be computer generated names. I don't know if those are even real players. Right? <laughs> yeah. So that, you know, and clearly they needed numbers. So they, they went out into un, unrestricted or they went into uh, undrafted free agency to bring in some competition there at wide receiver, but it's not a lot. And then you go to the offensive line, Tevin Jenkins, is he actually a left tackle in the NFL? Uh, Injury I'm not issues so- too. And yeah. I mean, he's hard to trust right now. Cody Whitehair, since being drafted in the second round of 2016, has been sort of just kind of okay. Uh, Lucas Patrick. He's probably the best guy. And he's the best guy, yeah. yeah. Lucas, Lucas Patrick at center. They lost a free agent to the Steelers in James Daniels, who I didn't understand letting him walk right. and fit what they want to do there in a sort of a wide zone offense. An offensive lineman is really athletic and get out there and block. Maybe they know something that the Steelers don't about him. Uh, Dakota Dozier. Larry Borum, like that's the starting offensive line right. with some of those fifth, sixth, seventh round draft picks. So that best of luck, it's Justin. It's gonna be a long year for Justin Fields. So for that, you can't give him a very good grade. Um, and not having a first round pick, I'd like C minus is probably where I would go just because. And I kind of want to give it a D, but I did like some of the players they drafted. And it was gonna be a long year anyway. But I, I worry for Justin Fields' future. Let's end the Bears with a, a slight positive note. I like their backfield, and I think Cole Komet's a potential breakout-type guy, and they need him to be. He'll be on a couple of my fantasy teams. Yes, I should have mentioned Cole Komet. And yeah. It wouldn't be shocking if he was their leading receiver maybe even. This yeah, year. maybe. Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet are really the ones that you can hang your hat on. David Montgomery's been a really good running back for a while, and I love their sixth-round pick last year, Khalil Herbert. So yes, absolutely. going to be a starting running back for them too. So I do like their running backs. And then now they add Brisker and Gordon to Eddie Jackson, Tavon Young, Jalen Johnson there. So a good young secondary for the Bears. They brought in Robert Quinn and uh, they got Roquan Smith still at linebacker. So some pieces on defense, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting year for the Bears. And I'd imagine they're going to be picking very high in next year's draft. I would imagine. Next, we will move along through the NFC North, get to the Detroit Lions, the Green Bay Packers, and the Minnesota Vikings. But first, I want to tell the folks out there about Blue Nile. At BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece. All the prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Mark Mother's Day with something enduring, whether she prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance, classic diamond stud earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, birthstone pendants, and so much more that you can find at BlueNile.com. And when you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, like I would absolutely be, uh, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget so this mother's day give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from blue nile.com and peacock and williamson listeners will get 50 dollars off a 500 purchase this podcast exclusive is only good through mother's day use promo code locked on that is promo code locked on through mother's day at blue nile.com plus every order is insured ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside so shop stress-free and find your forever peace Go to BlueNile.com today. I want to thank everybody for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Make sure you're checking out all the other great content going on in the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team is covered. We're talking NFL Draft. We're talking Dynasty Football on the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast featuring none other than my co-host here, Matt Williamson. <laughs> Check out all those shows here on the network. 
the Detroit Lions. What did you think about the Detroit Lions trade up and the Vikings willing to do not one, but two trades with the division in the draft and with the Vikings going down from 12 all the way to 32. And if you look at the draft trade charts, they got value. They got numbers there. But when you look at how the draft played out, I feel like, and I'm a trade down guy. I feel like the Lions kind of won this deal. That's the vibe yeah, I get. I thought that but too. clearly, the the new like that's what got for twelve. You know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the the new front office there in Minnesota, they're they're a nerdy front office. You know, that's and what I, I was going to say. Yeah, it was love. I see that in a good way. Absolutely. And so they're looking at. I don't care if it's the Lions. We win this based on the points, and we trust our chart. We're going down, and that's what happened in this draft. And the Lions came all the way up after drafting Aiden Hutchinson at two overall to select Jamison Williams. Coming off a torn ACL, we'll see how that ends up going, how early he'll be able to play. Good reports from his recovery so far. Then in round two, Josh Paschal, defensive end out of Kentucky, uh, really fits what Dan Campbell's trying to build there on the defensive side of the ball. Kirby Joseph, free safety from Illinois, instinctive um, athlete there. At safety in round three, round no round four picks. Round five, James Mitchell, Virginia Tech, tight end. In round six, a, a pair of selections. Inside linebacker from Oklahoma State, Malcolm Rodriguez. And then James Houston from Jackson State, an outside linebacker. And they finish it up in the seventh round with Chase Lucas, Arizona State cornerback. What are your thoughts on this Lions draft class in 2022? Well, it kind of dawned on me. I mean, if... To use a revenge of the nerds, you know, uh, <laughs> correlation here. If the Vikings are lambda, 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 re- you know, run by nerds, well, the, <laughs> the Lions are the alpha betas with with ogre and you know the football players and the tough guys and and uh, neither one. I don't care about trading in the division. I'm bigger and tougher than you. I don't care about playing in the trading division. I just want to trade down because that's the analytically thing to do. Um, you know, obviously general generalizations. I don't think we have to talk about Hutchinson much. I mean, it's obvious as a slam dunk. It's about the most no-brainer pick you can make. But I love that they really focused on defense in addition to Hutchinson. For people who don't know Josh Pascal, his story is even better than he is as a player, but he's a good, versatile, tough player. Multi-time captain at, at Kentucky, overcame um, a, 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 a cancer situation and came back strong and played better and better after that. His story is about as easy to like as anyone's in the league. And and he's also a good young prospect, too, to, to team with Hutchinson. They can move those guys around on the front, depending on down and distance. Kirby Joseph will take the ball away from the back end, exactly what they need. Malcolm Rodriguez is, I think, is somebody coaches will like. And he's, he's a hard guy to get off the field. I mean, he's got short arms. He doesn't have great measurables, but makes a ton of plays. He's kind of their type of guy. And then two late flyers on defense as well. Um, I like the Williams move a lot and Goff to me is not Sam Darnold or Drew Locke. You know, I don't know that you had to get a quarterback type of deal in Detroit, but they're set up really well next year to do that. And by all accounts, there's going to be more to pick from. And I don't think they're going to be picking, you know, outside the top 10 or anything. They'll be in striking distance there. So maybe it's even the Bama quarterback that you pair with Jamison Williams again, you know, I mean, so I think Williams really completes the offense. The line was in place after Sewell last year. Hawkinson, Swift, St. Brown, Chark, and now Williams, they're all very, very different. And I'm sure people don't know a lot about James Mitchell because he, he didn't 
He missed a lot of time with injuries at Virginia Tech, but he's a really good athlete. There's traits there. He may be in solid number two or better going forward. A note I love about Josh Paschal and, uh, you know, just a nice pairing of defensive ends there for yeah, yeah. Lions in the first couple of rounds. Um, Paschal was the only three-time full-season captain in school history yep, yep. at Kentucky. So we're talking culture changers here, and that's that's what they're doing. That's what they're building. Um, and, and we'll see if Kirby Joseph can get his hands on as many footballs as he did in college with the Detroit Lions because that was really his calling card. And he's not really a supreme athlete or dynamic back there, but he's just smart. He seems to always be around the football and uh, has good ball skills. So um, maybe four starters. And maybe, that's a, you get, when you get more than one starter and, you know, you're trying to get starters usually in the rounds one through three. But w- look at this draft. Uh, very good chance that the, the Lions got – Four, maybe, who knows? You get lucky, too, with some of the later round picks. Four starters in this class, which is always a good class. So uh, I've got to give this class an an A-. minus. Yeah, I like it. I like it very much. Next, let's talk about the Vikings side of those trades, what they ended up with on draft day, and, of course, the team that's been running that division for a long time, the Green Bay Packers, who had a ton of picks coming up. At BetOnline, you can bet on whether or not Aiden Hutchinson will become Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2022. Uh, Just because the draft's over doesn't mean that there's no more betting on the NFL. There's tons of futures bets you can make, and Aiden Hutchinson does lead the list at 5-1 to of the top candidates to win Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2022, followed by Kayvon Thibodeau at 6-1, to Kyle Hamilton 7-1, to then uh, the Walker brothers that I'm not sure if they're related at 9-1. to Not only football betting, but... NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's run to the Roses at the Kentucky Derby. Bet Online remains your number one source for all sports wagering information, live betting, esports, and more. So get over to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Since we talked about the trades, I want to go to, I'm going to go out of alphabetical order, Matt. I want to go to the Minnesota Vikings first, if that's all okay. Right. And talk about what they ended up with. They started off with the 12th pick. And I dinged Washington yesterday for moving out of 11 and really having a lackluster class when they had an opportunity to maybe get a difference-making player at 11. And maybe they ended up getting a difference-making player. But I look at what the Vikings did. They moved all the way down from the very next pick, 12, down to 32. And I thought they got more impact with their first selection in Lewis Seen, who I think could be a star safety in this league and I love the value. And when you look at, and we talked about the numbers, we just talked about um, uh, a new front office doing things in a way where they are not worried as much about maybe public perception and not worried as much about um, where, you know, where uh, put it this way they, they got a they got a difference making star player and to them added value in the number of picks that they're adding to the football team and got a player and and maybe another player that hit a need in round two in Andrew Booth so seen Booth add talent add impact and if you get a, a Pro Bowl caliber center or a, a Pro Bowl caliber safety even though maybe you didn't draft one of the top dozen players in this class at pick 12 and you added value value with all the other picks I see what they're doing the one question I have, and this kind of is like the Bears, where the Bears, when you when you look at not just the draft by itself, but you look at the rest of how the team is being built, it, it leaves you feel like it leaves you feeling like you needed more from the class. And with the Vikings, I look at it the same way because of how many late round picks they've had. 
I don't think they're a team that needed volume. Right. I think they're a team that needed the most amount of impact players, but they at least still were able to get an impact player, in my opinion, all the way down at 32. So you, there's there's that going for. So quick math here. They've made 38 picks in the last three years before this draft and another 10 now. So they made 48 draft picks in the last four years. You know, you would think you'd be fine with depth and backup safeties and, you know, those type of guys. I guess I don't know their roster well enough, but I don't know that a lot of those guys have panned out and it was a different, you know, class altogether. I mean, a different group selecting and maybe that's why they're not there. Um, I like that they focused on defense. I mean, five of their first six picks were on that side of the ball. Um, I thought that corner was a bigger need than safety, but I like seeing more than I like booth, but they got both. And I think that's great. I, I think the guard Ingram from LSU will start sooner than later and will be a solid NFL starting run blocking type guard fits in. Well, Asamoah is another, you know, Guy that's easy to like on tape, but he's small, you know, fly around linebacker. But there's not much else from this class that I'm looking at going, boy, that could really pan out for them. Uh, Actually, one of my favorite picks, but they don't really have a need for him at the moment, is is the running back, Ty Chandler. I I think he's a, you know, a a good number two, and maybe Madison won't be back or Cook's not long for this world. But, I mean, if that's your favorite pick, that's not that exciting. That's why you wait on running backs, Matt. Yeah, yeah. It's like Ty Chandler, who's you know five eleven, two oh four, ran four what four four flat or something like that. Yeah, he's pretty explosive. And, and you just get a you know you can get nice players at that position group. So I like how they targeted um, running back late. I just don't know with the rest of these picks how much impact they're actually going to get. You know, you just got yeah, yeah. Vidarian Low out of Illinois battling nine other recent sixth and seventh round picks from <laughs> exactly exactly may and maybe just volume at some point one of those are going to find some stuff and, and maybe that's the um but they, you know, where's he, the diamond in the roughs you know lately and you're going to do some of this the rough, and yeah. they hadn't really had many of those from their last drafts and mm-hmm. you have to make s- such decisions early you can't keep 90 men on your roster once the season starts you know, so you have to start cutting guys, and who knows if you cut the right guys because you don't get enough time to really look at them. So anyway, yeah, right. Um, that's the Vikings draft. Uh, you know, I'd give it you know a C plus. Maybe it's it's it doesn't blow me away, but I do like the scene pick. I think Booth, aside from the injuries, was a solid value there after trading down again with the Packers, and I like the Ty Chandler pick, and you know, Asamoah could be a player there, a linebacker. So they they got some they got some players, and we'll see if any of those late round picks from recent years actually become diamonds in the rough. Like, I don't have a big problem with Osamoa Evans, you know, those guys in the mid rounds, but how about a receiver that can burn? You know, I mean, that wouldn't hurt him either. And here's where I don't like the trade ups because it wasn't like they traded or the trade downs is they didn't trade just with random teams. They traded with the Lions to help them get a star player. Mm-hmm. They traded with the Packers to help them attack their biggest need and a wide receiver at pick 34. And even when you look at the value charts, depending on the chart, it was very slim win points wise. So to me, you would have had to win big, win impact, maybe get future first out of those types of deals rather than just getting an extra mid-round pick. So that's where uh, I don't like the overall value and what the Vikings did. Looking at the Green Bay Packers, that was a big move for them on day two to be able to go up and get that wide receiver after I'm sure every Packers fan was pulling their hair out when they saw the name Quay Walker in round one at pick 22. 
after these other teams were going up, especially the team in the division, going up to get star receivers. And the Packers came out of the first round without that wide receiver, their biggest need that everybody expect them to go attack in round one. It was Quay Walker, linebacker from Georgia at pick 22, the first linebacker off the board. And then Devontae Wyatt, his teammate, defensive tackle, at pick 28 in the first round. Then they came back and traded up with the Vikings in round two, the second pick in round two to get North Dakota state wide receiver, Christian Watson. And then some, some picks I loved and the Packers. have. Been I like so, the mid rounds. Yeah. The Packers have been so good in the mid rounds of the NFL draft and specifically with the offensive line position. And they went out and got Sean Ryan out of UCLA and Zach Tom out of wake forest. Both have, you know, interior and tackle versatility, both played tackle in college. They might be a guard and a center in the NFL, but could um, definitely play uh, out at tackle as well. And when you see names go off the board to the Packers, in an area like this and you see the traits and you see the fit and you're like, man, the Packers are so good at this. I bet those guys are going to be starters, you know, maybe not year one, but year two, year three, they're They got themselves some other really good players. They just keep doing it. And then in between those two offensive line selections in round four was Romeo dubs out of Nevada. Who's another nice little uh, pick for them. Who could be a, a, a sort of a, a deep weapon and a nice receiver out of Nevada that did not work out at the combine, had some injuries and I think did run a four or five flat eventually, but you know, six, two plays with some nice vertical speed. So they got some height and some speed at wide receiver with Watson and dubs then came back with a sliding Kingsley and Igbare, super long edge rusher, uh, Tariq Carpenter, Georgia tech linebacker in the seventh, four seventh round picks, Jonathan Ford out of Miami defensive tackle, another offensive tackle, uh, Rashid Walker from Penn State, and then uh, Samori Toure, a wide receiver from Nebraska, the third wide receiver. So three offensive linemen, three wide receivers in this class in, what, nine picks they made for? Five, six, Eleven, seven, actually. Nine, ten, Eleven it, picks. Four sevens, yeah. Made on this roster. What are your overall thoughts here on the Packers? How much better did they get in this Aaron Rodgers, let's win a Super Bowl window? For some reason, and I know the reason, because Rodgers is the great, you know, deodorant of this league, and he makes ugly things go away. People don't talk about how bad the Packers' O line was last year. I mean, it was nearly as big a need to me, especially when you think about Bakhtiari's future as wide receiver. And I love what you said about their the the offensive lineman they added. Like when they took Zach Tom, I'm like, of course they took Zach Tom, and he'll be a little short, but he'll end up being the next Bakhtiari somehow. And <laughs> The, the last one that we didn't talk about, though, was Rasheed Walker. I, I thought he was a third or fourth round pick that had a lot of technique work to do, but big time tackle traits. Did he have a knee that I didn't know about? I don't know. But I bet two of those three linemen hit in very typical Packer fashion, which in itself is a, is a great haul. Their front seven now with the two Georgia dudes and their defense overall. I think it's very, very good. I mean, I I think it's easy to look at the receiver deficiencies, but look how good this team is on defense on paper right now. I mean, there's stars at like every position, brand name guys that are good football players. I have no problem taking Watson at 34 um, for what he could become. But I actually think Rodgers might like Romeo M. Dubs even better. You know, I mean, he's more of the route runner. He's more of the be where he's supposed to be type of guy. Like I could see Watson's learning curve aggravating Rodgers, but he's probably Valdez Scantling from day one, big inconsistent downfield guy. And that in itself has value, but I could just see Rodgers trusting. 
I know Randall Cobb's not there, but the Randall Cobbs of the worlds and the veterans more than Watson. And I could see Dubs being more NFL ready than Watson in Rogers' eyes as well. I would probably be crushing the Packers draft if not for what they did on on day two and the beginning of day three, because they did move up and attack that need. Very boomer bust in Christian Watson. I think you laid it out there well. It yeah. wasn't a high volume passing game in North Dakota State either. Um, but you know, he'll he's 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 he'll block. I think they probably really liked the 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 player and trust the makeup, yeah. put in the work and he's got more fluidity than um than Marquez Valdez Scantling. So even though he's got that speed at six four and ran four threes the combine, he can be, you know, a, a raw downfield guy early in his career. But I think he gives you a little bit more than uh, that's the idea. So very yeah, boomer bust. I hope so. Yeah. Dubs, Dubs has some kind of a boomer bust too. And, and so we'll see if one of those guys hit and one of the two offensive linemen in the third, fourth round hit and you did get two stud defenders and it starts to be a pretty darn good draft class so uh, i'll give him a solid b based on starting with two firsts and two seconds i think that it could have been even better but we'll see and this could be a class where you look back and be like wow they just got two monster defenders and they got some hits on and wide receiver and offensive line then it looks like a, a really good class it could be an a class but a lot of boomer bust and i probably would attack the board quite differently uh, if I was in charge of the packers but we'll see if they got it right and we'll see if aaron Rodgers can help watson and dubs play up and, and that'll be a huge key I don't have any real argument with their mid-round picks, you know, rounds three through five here where they made, what, four picks. But there's a lot of project upside tight ends in this class. I would have liked to have seen them add one of them. That would have been nice. Yeah. Developmental athletic tight end. I just Hot, go hot young tight end. Yeah, exactly. Devontae Wyatt, the value's fine at 28. I just yeah. go, to, I go to Quay Walker at 22. And I think, man, you couldn't. Yeah. You had to package up one of your extra second rounders in the, to go up in the second to draft a wide receiver anyway. And there was other there was other linebackers in this class. Um, like, is Quay Walker really that guy that you couldn't utilize that extra second to move around in the first round and go attack wide receiver or go attack a, a different player? I just don't see the impact in the very first pick, which is why th this class is held back to me. But who knows? Maybe Quay Walker is the next, you know, Bobby Wagner in the NFL. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm with you. I'm not defending the pick, especially after re-signing Devondre Campbell, who really is what Quay Walker strives to be. You know, I mean, long, athletic, developmental linebacker. I read some of their quotes after that they thought a lot of the defensive packages we want to run are we want two every down linebackers, and we don't feel we had that. So some of these teams, you know, you know your Niners, I know my Steelers, you have to know what their thought process is, but it's pretty clear that they're going to stress that position more than others. Still, I mean, is he the 22nd best prospect in this draft? When you when you think about positional value, probably not. It's really, and and this is a discussion for another day. We got to wrap this one up, but mm -hmm. it starts to become because we've talked so much about positional value and there's tackles and there's quarterbacks and now wide receivers are getting paid like crazy and there's edge rushers and some interior defensive linemen get quite a bit of money but with the way the nfl's going it puts a lot of stress on safeties and linebackers and so when you when you look at those position groups they're kind of more valuable now too because you have to find a player who can do it all who can still stop yeah, the run yeah. because some teams are going to roll in with a footback a fullback and want to run the ball on you so you still have to be able to defend that but you have to be able to cover as well and there's so fewer players at those positions that can do both of those things really well so does that raise the value of those position groups too but every position in the nfl can't be 
a high value position. <laughs> right, right, right. right. So uh, that but is the do it all guys at those positions set themselves ahead, you know. And we did see a lot of linebackers uh, at the end of the round there, a couple linebackers at the end of the first round, and a bunch of safeties in this class too. And it's funny because there's a ton of really good safeties in the NFL, but the safeties are more valuable than they ever have been because of that same reason. And so it, it's sort of like the wide receiver conversation where there's so many good wide receivers and so many good ones coming every year, but they're still getting paid because you still need a lot of them on the field. And so uh, it's sort of a circular argument. So it's really fun. I don't know. It, the, the, that's what, that's why team building is so fascinating to me in the NFL. And it'll be fun yeah. to look back in three years on these draft classes and see how close we were and see who actually built the thing. Right. hundred percent. So this was fun. I assume we'll do the South tomorrow. Yep. I like we'll it. move I like on it. to the NFC South. Let us know what you think about our draft grades for this division. What are we missing? What did we get right at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL or leave it in the comments here on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and the thumbs up and the, and the bell and all of those things. And Matt and I will be back tomorrow grading the NFC South division for the 2022 NFL draft. Thanks for making us your first listen. Talk to you tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.